Welcome to the What the What podcast. Uh, my name's Eric. This uh, is Kyle. And if you're tuning in to us this week, we appreciate you listening. Uh, the following podcast may sound a little funny. Yeah. Uh, when we were recording, we had some equipment malfunction. Poor Kyle mal- malfunction. Well, I forgot to plug in forgot the to plug in something to the computer. And it turns out like we still got all the audio, but it does sound like a little echoey. So uh, we apologize for that. We'll have everything corrected next week. But we do hope you enjoy uh, the next episode, which is on summer memories. So again, thank you for tuning in to What the What, and uh, can't wait for you to hear the next episode, Summer Memories. What the what? And gentlemen, back to the What the What show. We are back. We are back after a week. I uh, hope you enjoyed the Sandlot episode last week. We had a lot of good feedback on that. Uh, my name's Eric. We have Kyle across the seat. We have a yes, special sir. guest special today. Guest. We have special. a third mic turned on. You want to introduce him, Kyle? You've heard about him, ladies and gentlemen. You've heard about him. If you've seen our videos on you've social seen media, him. you may have recognized him, but you will not see him now. You will only hear the voice. Yeah, you've it seen is. him, you've heard about it, but now you will actually hear from him. Producer Ricky. Producer Ricky, how are you today, sir? I'm doing good. Glad to be here. First off, I think technically we have a sponsor this week. We do. Um, this week's sponsor is Andy Cockrell. Andy Cockrell. He is responsible for uh, hooking us up with our third microphone. The one Ricky's speaking through. Absolutely, and it's working magnificently. Andy is the author of a book called A Quarter to Life. Uh, check that out on Amazon.com and send uh, some proceeds. It's an excellent book. I've read it. Have you read it, Kyle? I have not. You should I read slack. it. You slack. You should I read it. I tried to buy it at the library when he did a book signing, mm-hmm. and he sold out. He did sell out at the book and signing. And I was like... I'm going to buy it on Amazon, and I'll be honest, I've just, I've slapped. I haven't bought it. I've heard gr- amazing things about it. I've heard from you, not just you, but you know, especially when it first came out, whenever I was at the book signing, uh, hearing parts from it or excerpts from it, I really was excited to pick it up, and so I just sucked. I have the first copy that came off the press, the very first, um, which is pretty awesome, and I may be a little biased because my name is actually featured in the book as a character, character. where I'm a re- my character is a radio broadcaster. Hey, this works coming pretty good. Uh, but it's it's an excellent book if you like fiction. Um, it's a really good uh, look at Campbell University uh, back in the day, um, back in the early 90s. Uh, a Quarter to Life by An- M. Andrew Cockrell, as it's listed. But he's our sponsor today. Thank you, Andy, for hooking us up with the microphone. Yes, sir. Uh, he's made it possible for Ricky to guest host uh, and for us to have future guest hosts as well. Um, this week's topic, we definitely want to have Ricky on because he brings a unique perspective. What are we talking about this week, Kyle? This week... Well, let's just say, I've been very excited today. I was getting prepared for tonight's episode. I spent a lot of time thinking about it. I'll go and throw it out there. It is summer memories. Summer memories. Uh, I was thinking about things this morning, because this whole week, like, I've been prepping and being like, okay, well, that was a great memory. This is a great memory. But today, I really sat down and focused, and was like, thinking about my childhood, thinking about being younger, and just the amazing feeling whenever that last day of school hit, you get on the bus, or your parents pick you up, or whatever, just the excitement to know for the next few months you're not going back to school. Uh, and just all the excitement that was to come with that. Uh, I remember my first day in my real-world job that I work at now at Airflow, working in the warehouse. And I remember a bunch of friends from college and everybody else getting excited for summer vacation. And I got excited because for the past however many years, my majority of my life, every time they got ready, I was excited because I was getting off for summer. Turns out when you work a full-time job like that, 
you don't get off for summer. And I realized that's my life for the rest of my life now is I'll never have another summer vacation. You can schedule like vacation time or whatever, but it's yeah, not. It's not a, no. I'm very envious of you. I know that teaching has, you know, there's its flaws with, you know, pay and everything like that as well. But I very envious of you very much, right? Envy you. You envy me. I envy you, not envious. I'm envious of you. I envy you for being able to take your summers off, uh, and I know you do a lot of great things with your summers as well. You're busy. But just being able to still have that. Uh, I'm super envious of that. But, uh, yeah, I got really excited. I was thinking about just all the awesome things I would do as a child. Uh, my top three this week, I actually limited to my childhood and maybe like a little bit in my teenage years. Uh, just because that's what I think about most. And I wanted to share those memories. I mean, I'll have some stuff I think will get added in later, but that's where I'm kind of at. And see, I I did something very different from you. I split mine up into sections of my life. So I don't have Mm -hmm. necessarily a specific memory because my summers were very similar um, at different parts of my life. I think mine's similar in that. But um, but definitely different parts. I have mainly childhood. I have my teenage years, and I have a couple of members from my adult years cool. um, since I do have that unique perspective. And we really wanted to hear from Ricky because mm-hmm. Ricky grew up in a time period, you know, where, you know, it's different from when we grew up. And, Ricky, we really wanted to hear from you today. Yeah, a lot of rocks. A lot of rocks. Yeah, we played with a lot of rocks back then. Yeah, you got to love the rocks. I'm 32. Eric's about to be 33. Next week. Ricky, how old are you? I will be 58. 58. In a few weeks. We don't really consider Ricky as 58. Uh, he really just seems like another one of the guys as far as because he is. low 30s. Yeah, yeah. Peter Pan syndrome. He does. He, you know, he grew up playing music, being in touring bands and stuff. He didn't even finally calm down for a long time, so... He's just a different type of soul in general. So Definitely. we're just glad to have him as part of our group of friends. Our entourage. Our bearded men. Bearded glory, glory, as Joe Davis puts it. Yeah. yeah. So we're just glad to have him here. Glad he's growing his beard back because Finally. he decided to cut it off for some reason and ruin the world for a couple weeks. But it's coming back it's coming in. Back. It's looking good. Uh, but yeah, let's just go ahead and jump into this. Uh, you want to go first? You want me to go first? I'm going to let you go first. This is summer memories. Let's jump into it. Kyle, what do you have for your first summer memory? My first one comes to me. I remember every summer doing this, or at least, I don't know if I wrote it down every time, but at least in my mind, uh, I would try to plan out my summer day. Almost to like, how would the perfect day go? If I, you know, being a kid, you know, knowing you didn't have anything to do instead, you were just home all day, what would you do? Uh, so I remember, you know, a generic list for me would start off with, I'm getting up, I'm going to get a giant bowl of either like Lucky Charms, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Pops, uh, possibly a Pop-Tart, depends on it. I'd eat it on my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle metal uh, tray. I'd grab that tray, take it to the den, sit it right in front of the TV, turn on the television, see whatever's on, Nick Jr., Disney, or PBS, and just sit there for first. That was the first thing I was doing. Next thing I was doing... Seeing what adventure was ahead for me. Whatever my Ninja Turtles, my Power Rangers, my Ghostbusters, my Batman, X-Men, G.I. Joes, Biker Mice from Mars, Street uh, Sharks, Wrestlers. What were my other toys getting into that day? I don't remember every single one, but I do remember a distinct uh, memory of when my Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers went on a mission with the G.I. Joes. Okay. To defeat Cobra Commander, who had also teamed up with Rita and the Shredder. Okay. And so I remember setting up my whole room. I had like a little rope. Tied to my top bunk where they would like slide down the rope to attack. This sounds like the first epic crossover. Yes. You know, the MCU thinks they had it with the Avengers. No, 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 no. It first happened in your house. It did. Years before DC decided to cross Batman with the Ninja Turtles, here I am with Ninja Turtles, Power Rangers, and G.I. Joe. You know, Joe. I'd, I'd watch that now. I would as well. 
but I would do that. Lunchtime's coming around. Time to go back down, get my tray back out. Time for some spaghettios and meatballs. Heck yeah. The perfect summer meal as a kid. I still eat that now. I do. Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you to work sometimes, and I've been on a better diet trying to do better. But, of course, like I was eating it one day, and like receptionist was like, oh, you have to watch out for the whatever, like sodium or whatever. Yeah, it your is sodium content. It's like yeah. horrible in that. And I was like, oh, well, that stinks. But, yeah, I love this stuff. So, but I remember growing up, that was the big thing. I feel like at some point it switched into some Hot Pockets or something like that. But still, mm-hmm. SpaghettiOs is the, like the summer meal for I me. I don't worry about the sodium as much as I do. Have you ever washed the bowl out? How yeah. long it took to get that it, redness it, out it of the bowl? It can stain that bowl yeah. quickly. Yeah, yeah, it I depends which bowl you use. Yeah, it's, it, that's, well, if you use a red bowl, you should be fine. If it stains your insides like it does the outside of a bowl. Mm. Well, my insides are pretty dark, so, you know... <laughs> Probably can't see those stains in the first place. I don't plan on looking at your insides. So. Well, good. Uh, hello from the outside. Uh, but then from after that, that afternoon, I'm jumping into either playing my action figure some more, going to read some comics. Something growing up I always loved doing was drawing my own comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, they never were great. I think it was like superhero guy or super kid or something I would make a comic book about. Uh, my granddad ran a printing shop uptown Kinley, so I would use all sorts of paper he had and make my own little comic books. Uh, so I would do that, or even I would go outside and play basketball by myself and pretend I was a member of the Mighty Ducks playing street hockey. We talked about this a little bit last week about the Sandlot and how you wouldn't necessarily be a character. You would be involved with the rest of the group. So I remember, you know, Connie, you know, pass over here, you know, Gee over here, Charlie, the Triple D, you know. And, of course, my neighbors, thankfully, just let me be a kid and didn't worry about it, you know. They probably would have thought I was crazy, but either that or skateboarding, riding bikes, just a mixture of that stuff. Um, but sometimes, especially as I got older, my mom would come in and ruin this for me because I would have the perfect list planned out, knowing exactly what I was going to do. And then she would leave me a list of her own and her list was nothing like my list. It doesn't, was it any fun at all? It would say, Hey, vacuum the inside, dust the inside, feed the dogs. Daddy wants you to cut the grass. Weed eat while you're out there. Pick up pine cones. Also, clean your room. It's a mess. Blah, blah, blah. Like, all these things. That doesn't sound fun at all. No. And then, of course, I would try to put them off. I'll never forget. I went to the swimming pool one day, and I forgot to feed the dogs. And I was like, well, I'll be home before my mom will ever notice, and I'll go feed them then. Because they were outside dogs. Of course. Well, here comes my mom riding up by the pool and sees me out there. And she rolls the window down and calls me over and asks if I fed the dogs yet. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure, blah, blah, blah. She's like, no, you haven't. I was just home. Like, you didn't. And, of course, start, like, almost crying, but you had to be cool because all your friends are watching you. Yeah, you got to play cool. But I was in some big trouble when I got home that day. But uh, that's my number one. I just remember really planning stuff like that out. It wasn't where I had to stick to it, but just the excitement of just all the things that you were going to do and accomplish. I remember this episode of Hey Arnold where he tries to do that on a Saturday, the perfect Saturday. And uh, his got pretty destroyed, too. I don't think he got to do hardly anything he wanted to do that yeah. day either. But The innocence awesome and time. wonder of a kid, you know, just planning out the perfect day. Yeah. Sounds pretty awesome. Ricky, we're going to let you go next. Uh, give us one of your summer memories. Uh, mine was uh, waking up, just like Kyle said. I mean, I had, we had a G.I. Joe, so we're not, yeah, yeah. not that far. We had, mine had the Kung Fu Grill. Well, mine, were, were they small or big? They were the big ones. See, now that's what I had. They actually I had, changed their clothes. And, and, and I think they came out with a reissue at some point. Because I did have some of the, like, the you know, less than five-inch tall ones or whatever. They were at three and a quarter or three three quarters. I had some of those, but like I had the big like Barbie doll size G.I. Joe's. And so it was always cool. They had the clothes you could change out. I had a Jeep, I think they rode in. But that's who the Power Rangers and Ninja Turtles were working in with me. But we, um, like I said, we got up, you know, we, I lived in a neighborhood. Um, I live out in the country now. 
so we, we I really don't have many neighbors. Uh, if I do, I don't know them, who they are. I, they we just stay apart. You know the lady next door. We broke in her house. Yeah, we did. I don't think she's there anymore. But oh well. And to be clear, she asked us to break into her house. Yeah, yeah so she, she locked her keys into in her house. So oh, we, we didn't just break into her house. Yeah. We were asked to break into her house. She's actually, still living. There, actually, though. we shoved Matt Stallings to a window. Well, that we broke the broke into the window. We didn't break the window. <laughs> well, we broke the frame, but window's still shut. It's okay. Semantics. Anyway. But uh, I mean, we we had the neighborhood kids, and, and whatever the you know we whatever was hot at the time. I can remember we had these these roller skates that mm-hmm. you put on your tennis shoes, and you you put them together. You had the skate key mm-hmm. and the strap around it, you know. And we played hockey, and the the worst thing was when mom came up and you broke her broom. You mm-hmm. playing hockey out there. Don't want to break mama's broom. Yeah, don't break mama's shit. Mama was not happy, but I mean. You know, we didn't have the cartoons. We didn't have cartoons every day. They only came out on Saturdays. And um, so pretty much we would get up and we would do our chores. So we'd go outside and mom would let us, you know, just, she said, stay outside. I'll call you when when lunch is ready. But we, um, I can remember, um, like I said, we had Tonka trucks and we would build roads in this, this, I remember digging a cornfield up once. Mm -hmm. And I uh, did, you know, tunnel under. I don't know why we didn't get killed under this this dirt tunnel that we were up mm-hmm. under. But yeah, I mean, most of our stuff was like it was playing army. We played army from sun up to sundown. Had a neighbor across the street, his name was Gene. Mm-hmm. I remember him then play basketball down the road with a, with a guy named Joe. And but I think the the thing that really set my tone for music was um, I had a I had a girl next door her name was Renee, and she would sing, and I would play drums on trash cans. And that was, we we had band practice about every day. That's awesome. Yeah, and my and I, I, I that, that following Christmas I got my first set of drums from my mom and my dad, but uh, she, I think she said she was tired for us beating on her trash cans. Makes sense. I totally get that. Yeah, but That's yeah, cool it was a typical day. I mean, we 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 were dirty when we got home, <laughs> and mom, you're not coming in here looking like that. You gotta wash yourself out with a water hose. But Just yeah. to clarify a little bit, like. Mine and Eric's childhood, for the most part, is in the 90s. Like, what what era was that? Involved? You're talking late 60s, early 70s. Yeah. And we didn't... We You're see. not far off from the same lot. No. Did you get really into the 60s and no one ever heard from you again? Yeah, well, I don't know if anybody's ever heard from me now. <laughs> well, they are now. You're they are now, that's right. At least 70 so people, or more, who knows. But, uh, you know, we'd have our... Mom would always make sure we had one highlight for the week, mm-hmm. and then and it, that seemed to be the swimming pool at the uh, recreation center. We would mm-hmm. get there, and I mean, it was we would she would take a carload of us, and we would all go and, and swim. That was that was our treat. My mom didn't work; she you know, she stayed was a stay home mom. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was it was a good summers. I mean, I can remember I you know when you got a little older, we went to farming. But I mean, when we moved, we moved. But yeah, that, that neighborhood was real. Real close to this. That's awesome. Eric, how about you? Number one. All right, so let me ask y'all a question before I get started. Uh, did y'all have, like, weekly allowance or anything as a kid? Yeah. You had an allowance? 25 cents a week. Okay. I feel like... I don't feel as bad in my next story then. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that it was ever specified. Right. I felt like I would get some as I asked, but I had to do chores in order. Like, I was more so told you can get a toy instead of being given money. It was like when we go to the store, if you're good all week or whatever, you do this, you can get a toy. But Okay, so I kind of had a weekly allowance myself. Okay. But it was not in the form of doing chores around the house. My dad uh, owned a landscaping business, mm-hmm. which he would work when he got off from his regular job, working at the uh, Department of Corrections. And 
at, I think, seven years old, he taught me how to drive a lawnmower. Nice. And from there on forward, whenever he'd get off work, he'd come to the house and get the lawnmowers. I would go with him, and I would help cut the yards. Hmm. And I would get paid a dollar a yard, which does not sound like a lot of money. And But, but for a seven-year-old, seven seven that's pretty good. That was awesome. Well, totally so, cost like $5 at the time. Well, that's the thing. So my dad had 96 yards he cut every that's two great. weeks. Every two weeks. So... I racked in money. Yeah, you know, I can't now, imagine. That's I, would, I wouldn't um, cut on every yard. Some yards were too small to have two lawnmowers in, mm-hmm. in the yard. Um, but on these really big yards that had these big fields in the back of them, he put me in the backyard, and I would drive that little Cub Cadet up and down, you know, and I'd cut it, you know, just the way he taught me to. I remember the summer of my of the year I turned eight or nine, I can't remember which, I had a goal. I wanted a Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. I already had a Super Nintendo. I got a Super Nintendo for my seventh birthday. But I wanted to do what Nintendo don't. Okay, <laughs> I wanted to use the Sega Genesis and play Sonic the Hedgehog, and play Mortal Kombat with the blood, and because uh, you didn't have it on the Super no, Nintendo, no, it's just Sega. So I set a goal, and I, I asked my parents, "Can I get a Sega Genesis?" I said, "Well, you're making money now working with your dad, so save your money." Mm. So I saved three hundred dollars that summer. I cut three hundred yards, and the very last day of grass cutting season, until I had to go back to school, I got that three hundredth yard. Went to the store that day with my mom and bought my own Sega Genesis. And I remember as a kid not really liking to do the work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if anyone from my like child labor is listening to this, you know, it probably was breaking some child labor laws. But um, I, I remember not liking to do the work, but understanding years later down the line, uh, I would help my dad every summer. And I'd get raises that I got, you know, went to $2 and $3. Then eventually we'd get like a percentage of what we'd bring in. So if we cut a $50 yard, I would get 25% of that. Oh, okay. Um, as I got older. I just figured by the time you were 18, you're getting like three fifty. Yeah, like, <laughs> three fifty. Your dad's like, three fifty, son. Yeah. Um, but uh, so like it, it ended up working out. And again, I remember as a kid and even growing up into my teenager years and uh, not really liking the, the outside work because we'd work. I mean, I had a great tan because I was always out in the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, but just hating the work and, you know, just because you're a kid. You want to have fun. Sure. But looking back on it, he taught me hard work, taught me responsibility, taught me how to save money, taught me how to put my, you know, my work ethic towards a goal of something that I wanted to buy and taught me how to uh, purchase my own things. Even as a child where uh, I didn't have to ask my parents for money because mm-hmm. I worked for it. That's cool. um, so... I, I would be remiss if I did not mention that as my first summer memory. I learned how to work, and I learned how to make money. And I think it's a it's an attribute that stays with me today as a, as a professional. I know how to outwork people because I started when I was six or seven years old on that lawnmower. It's like the money ever since. You're about like me. It's time for you to retire now. Well, yeah, I retired from the grass cutting business. Like I was helping him up until like five years ago, um, and then he, uh, you know, he retired from his uh, regular job, and so he can do it all day now. Um, he didn't need me or my brother to cut grass during the day, and he'd cut some out, you know, when he got off work. So uh, I think he used to cut my neighbor's yard. He, yeah, he does. Because I feel like I would ride past, and you'd be out there, and I'd, like yeah. we knew each other, but mm-hmm. we didn't know each other like that great. Uh, like occasionally, he'll cut Miss Dini's um, across the street from your parents' house. So she was trying to cut her grass the other day. Yeah. This lady's kind of, she's very old, and she definitely shouldn't be doing it. And she told me literally that the doctor told her to stay off of it, but she was trying to. She'll probably end up calling my dad at some point. Well, her key had vanished. She doesn't know where the key is, so I helped her push it back into the barn. Fair enough. Fair enough. What is your second memory, Kyle? Second one, actually, we talked a little bit before we got started or, or while we were started about how we did it in generations. So this one is where I'm a little bit older. We're probably looking summer of probably eighth grade, you know, late middle school, early high school. 
at this point, I'd started playing music and I started skateboarding. And those two things, honestly, were pretty much my life. All the time, summer came around. You're a little, you know, your teenage years, so you try to sleep a little bit later because you stay up till late. Honestly, back then, playing video games and doing other things, playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater because it was, you know, whatever at nighttime and you couldn't go skate outside at the moment. But um, I had a neighbor who moved in sometime around that period. His name is Josiah Maltzby. Around that same time, my friend Brandon Evans moved in right down the street. You could see his house from mine. And so it turns out they both could skate, and actually they skated better than I did. And so uh, we still hung out with them. Thankfully, they didn't, like, crap on me because I couldn't skate as good as them. I hope they wouldn't do that anyway. No, but, you know, good friends don't crap on each other. But uh, but we had a good time, though. Every day we would hop up and we'd skate. I remember Brandon and I played in a band together. He played drums. And so I remember one day he's like, well, I'm not bringing my old drum set to your house. Bring your amp to my house. So I remember loading my amp on top of my skateboard and pushing it down the street to get to his house. And he was really into Blink-182. I liked him. I knew certain stuff on him, but he was really into him. He really got me into him. Um, and just that whole pop punk thing in general. I know last week with the Sandlot, we talked about how, you know, Katie Honeycutt wrote in my yearbook. About, Don't be a goody-goody. Yeah, how I was too goody-goody and to get in some trouble. At this point in my life, I'm drawing like anarchy symbols on everything. Not because I was really anarchy. I just thought that that was the cool punk symbol that you drew on things. It was. So that's what I did. Uh, but I remember a couple memories from all this, so I'm just going to kind of talk about that. Uh, I remember watching skateboarding at Josiah's house. I'd heard all these things, but I didn't own skateboard videos. Josiah did, so I went to his house, and he had these videotapes. So we were watching this stuff, and I was like, well, how come we don't just videotape our stuff? And so I borrowed my dad's like giant camera and take it with us because I was going to video us skating down that the, uh, I don't know what it's called so now. What's Grady Park? Sort of. It's what's left of Glendale Kinley. Oh, yeah, the Kinley, the Kinley Civic Center. He was like jumping down the stairs and everything else, and I'm like riding up to the stairs and stopping because I'm too nervous to jump the stairs. But uh, I remember that we were going to make a big day out of it. So we take off on our skateboard driving down the street, and I guess it was like a UPS delivery truck was in front of us. He kind of came around us, got to the stop sign. And Josiah used to live at the beach type area, and he said, "Man, back home, with this type of stuff, you'd hop on the back of one of these trucks and just ride around, you know, a whole over town, and just hop off where you want to get off at." I was like, "Well, that's kind of cool." And he said, "Watch, I'll show you." Oh no! And all of a sudden, like this guy has his window down, so he hears Josiah say that. So the guy goes to take off. Josiah runs and jumps, and the guy slams on brakes. So Josiah slams into the back of this truck, oh, no. and then falls down on the ground. You can see him like through the guy's like side mirror. He's like chuckling and just keeps driving off. So Josiah fell on the ground because of that. Um, but also, I remember just going to Brandon's house, playing music, uh, and something that really just stands out to me is just the skateboarding we did at our, my parents' house. They had, you know, an actual asphalt or concrete driveway, where Josiah didn't have one, Brandon didn't have one, just kind of gravel. So we would always skate at my house and in the street right by my house. And I just remember trying to build our own ramps, doing stuff on that, having a rail and skating on that. And also, like, Josiah putting plywood on my parents' steps, so, like, riding up the steps and down. And something that stands out to me is just really, like, late summer nights where we would just be out there with, like, a small boombox, nothing crazy. But just there's no other sight. You know, we live in town. There's no traffic going on. There's no other sounds happening other than just our wheels rolling across, like, the rough concrete. And, like, the pops that your board made when you, like, try to ollie or do something off the ground. And it's just those nights that now, even when I go back to my parents' house, I kind of just stop and stand there and just reflect. And you have those moments you really just think back on where you spent some great nights of your summers hanging out where you skated, just sat down, talked with each other about life, um, and just joked around with each other. But really, just the time you just made out of it. It wasn't going off doing anything crazy. It was just enjoying the time of being with each other. 
So um, that's my second one. That's really cool, uh, Ricky. What is your second summer memory? Uh, I would th- I would say it was our vacations. My mom had a motto: "You should take a vacation every year and take your kids." And that's something that um that I carried on. I haven't done that. When Sarah Sarah came on, we tried to do that. Now she's grown and not here as much anymore. But I, it was the vacations. We Sarah, come home. Your dad Sarah wants to go home. on vacation. She, he wants to take you on vacation. I'll take you on vacation. If not, but, he's gonna take me in here. Yeah, I'm okay with that too. Yeah. But it was the vacations we take, and, and, and I can't say it was anything really elaborate. I can remember my mom once, um, we, we had a Ford Pinto, mm-hmm. and you, if, you, if you knew what size a Ford Pinto was, you could not get a lot of stuff in it. Mm-hmm. So it, back then, you'd have to wear seatbelts either. So uh, my mom packed our clothes on the very back seat and put a quilt on top of it, and <laughs> my brother would have hunched over with our <laughs> down. And we'd take off for the mountains for a week, so uh, touring the mountains. But I, you know, didn't, you know, I think the, the one that really stands out was the trip to D.C. My my dad took us to D.C. one year for vacation, and we were, uh, I can remember getting the hotel just outside of D.C., and uh, we go into Arlington Cemetery. It was $5. My dad said, well, you know, we'll do this that way because the roads, and if you, if you knew anything about D.C., the roads go one way at one so- one time of the day, and then in the afternoon, they reverse them and you come out. So I don't know if they, they still do that, but I know Pennsylvania Avenue, you could go at so-and-so time in the morning and went in, and it was a, it was another way out. Uh, so it was real crazy. Yeah. So we pay this money, and my mom says, okay. We, so we go to the Smithsonian and the, the, um, the Capitol Building, the White House, you know, and, uh, Washington, Washington Memorial, Lincoln Memorial, toured it all day long. Get in the car that afternoon, and my dad gets lost, and we go by every one of them. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, my mom said, "There's the Washington Monument. There's the Lincoln Memorial." <laughs> and she'd count them off. My dad finally said, "Will you hush?" Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, funny. It was vacations. I mean, we sure. went to Disney World. So I mean, every year we we went somewhere. It you know, it may be just you know just to the beach um, uh, for a week. Um, but fishing trips were good too. I mean, we would go down to the to um, Emerald and go fishing down there. So mm-hmm. real simple times. Vacations didn't make my list, um, but they really are part of my every summer thing. My parents were the same way, where my dad worked full-time, but he would try it every year to take us on a vacation of some sort in the summer, because my mom worked for the school system, so a lot of summers she was home as, as well with us, at least part of it. Uh, I loved them. They didn't not, you know, I didn't, they made my list in my mind, but I couldn't think of anything distinct about it to really talk about, but that's really cool though. Like, I just remember, same way. We, we just, went, on, um, we went everywhere. I mean, we, like I said, we took mountain trips, we took beach trips, we took, um, and I'm a big history buff, so, um, I remember one year we went to Gettysburg. We tried, we, we toured battlegrounds, and for me, that's, uh, uh, I was, I was in my element then, because I was, I was a big history buff at the time. I think my dad knew that, so, um, yeah, we did, we did a lot of stuff in the summertime. Um, at least one, one week out of the year, we had a we had a grand vacation that we went on, and that seemed to really stick out in my mind. That you know, my parents took the time to do that with, with my myself and my brother, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's what's what's kept me and Greg you know, closer together now. Is Greg being your brother? Yeah, Greg being my brother um, is the fact that you know we did share some of those things together uh, during the summer. Mm-hmm. So that's my second one. Eric, what you got? So <clears throat> when I got tired of cutting grass for my dad. Mm-hmm. I decided, you know what, I'm going to go make my own money. Okay. But I didn't really want to work in a restaurant or like a drive-thru or fast food or anything. So that's when you started selling cocaine. No. Oh. Oh, my goodness. No. Oh, sorry. (laughs) 
I went with a friend and got trained to be a lifeguard. Nice. And I started working at the Selma Pool. Mm-hmm. So my second one, my memories revolve around, around me being a lifeguard. And specifically, the, uh, the summer between graduate high school graduation and college, and then the year after that, um, between freshman and sophomore year of college, I worked at the Selma Pool with Chris Rode, mm-hmm. Alan Williams, and Caroline Hines. And... They were awesome to work with. We had a lot of fun at the pool. Uh, I remember Chris will mention something in his in our listener comments mm-hmm. section at the end. Uh, but I would either close or I'd open uh, each day. Um, you know, you'd have a day off, like one or two days off a week, just because there were four of you, but there were three shifts, mm-hmm. and they usually had um, overlapping shifts. But you would open by yourself or close by yourself because there's not that many people at either time. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember us playing volleyball during breaks. Uh, we play cards uh, during the breaks. Um, I remember Caroline's first year as a lifeguard with us. We would try to, me and Chris and Alan had worked together for two or three years at that point. And we were going to, I guess, initiate her into the uh, fraternity of being a lifeguard. Mm-hmm. Um, we did this with a previous coworker too, where we would fake someone being either injured or drowning in the pool. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't smart necessarily, guys. You know, we're taught when we're going through lifeguard training <coughs> never to say help unless you absolutely need help. So we'd use like a code word like banana, like when we're pretending to need mm-hmm. help uh, when we're going through our tra- training. Uh, but Alan, uh, who was our head lifeguard, uh, he's a teacher at South Johnston now, or West Johnston now, I believe. And he, we can cut the plan where she would be uh, the lifeguard in the deep end. Mm-hmm. I would be on break. Like I was like coming on like the next hour or whatever. Uh, Chris would be the, the guy in the shallow end and Alan would just be there. Like he was mm-hmm. like checking the chemicals with the pool, whatever. Alan said he would jump off of the, lo- the diving board mm-hmm. and he would pretend to slip and hit his head to where he would go into the pool and then he would hold his breath. And we would see how Caroline would react. Mm-hmm. Um, we called it a training exercise, but it was really just kind of hazing. Sure. Um, so he did it. He slipped. He did a very convincing job of landing on, you know, pretending to hit his head on the diving board. Mm-hmm. And then he sit there, and and uh, I looked from what where I was at, near the phone. I was like, Caroline, Alan's not moving. Jump in and get him. I'll call nine one one. And I picked up the phone, pretending to dial nine one one. And she jumped in there and pulled him up and. And I was like, mobilize his head. Not, you know, Chris, Chris was like, I'll get the board. And, and then Alan just, he just busts out laughing whenever she got him in that position, like to mobilize his head. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, you know, fun little, you know, stuff like that. We really got to grew us, uh, the four of us grew as really good friends that summer. Uh, we went to movies together. We were always hanging out. I really loved working as a lifeguard. Um, there was nothing like working at a community pool like the Selma pool. Um, I, I tried lifeguarding at Barton, and I, I enjoyed lifeguarding at Barton, but it wasn't the same. Sure. Because it was all college kids professors. Yeah. And it wasn't like for fun. It was like, we're going to come here and do water aerobics, or mm-hmm. we're going to here for, here for a workout or whatever. And there's really, there's nothing like just working at a community pool like that. And so my summer memories, uh, my second one, revolves around me being a lifeguard and the, uh, the memories you have working with those awesome people. And oh, It is awesome. I remember with Chris being the lifeguard, and like we talked about, I think, last week or whatever, but how I would go with him. Sometimes, even when I'd spend the night with him and he had to work a shift, I would just go hang out at the pool all day with him as he's working a shift, and I would just be there and play volleyball and everything else with you guys there. What's your third one, Kyle? My third one's kind of a little bit more emotional for me, but uh, I can't think back 
to a summer of my childhood and not think about my neighbor. Uh, my friend Molly Gog, when she was next door neighbor to me, was my best friend. Uh, we moved from one side of the town to the other side of Kinley whenever I was about three years old. And I remember she lived right diagonally from me. So she was my same age. And also she was kind of a tomboy, so she was into a lot of the same things I was. I remember one Christmas, it's not a summer memory, but walking outside, I had gotten, a, I think it was called a moto psych or something. It's like a bicycle, but it looks like a motorcycle. Okay. Like a ninja. Look, I think Kawasaki's even on, like, on the, the label. Well, mine was black. My dad's outside watching me ride it around. While well, all of a sudden, I hear her garage door open. I look over, and here she comes out rolling on a white one with her dad. Nice. So it's a memory we always talk about, just how we had that same motorcycle, like, bike. You had a little thing on a speaker. You hit the the button and it would rev up like an actual motorcycle and make noise. But um, she was the first person I ever met that had a pool in her backyard. So I always went to the Kinley pool growing up, but now this person has an in-ground pool in their yard. So that was always something special. And with her being a girl, me being a boy growing up, our parents, especially mine, wouldn't let me go over there during the day because they didn't want people to think things. Even though we didn't weren't attracted that way, we were just friends. Yeah. But um, they didn't want me going over there or us going swimming during the day without parents being there or whatever. Makes sense. So we would plan it and have everything planned. So as soon as her parents got home or mine got home, I'd rush over there. Her, I'd eat dinner with her family, and we would just swim until we couldn't swim anymore. Like Her parents were going to bed, so we had to go out. Um, I remember like super fondly her dad, there was a patio out there by the pool. He would sit on that in the patio chair. He was smoking his pipe. Uh, and he, or his first person, honestly, one of the only people I remember smoking pipes, but he looked cool. It was wood or whatever. He's sitting there, leaned back in his chair, propped up, and we would do uh, diving board contests. He would judge our jumps and see which one was better. Uh, me being a little fat kid and her being really skinny, I would always win the biggest splash competition, and she would always win the smallest splash competition. Of course. But uh, he would sit off there and, and do that. Um, I remember her also just being super uh, her imagination means super creative where she would always talk about there's horses in her backyard that and then that she would have a monkey on her shoulders and I like it's invisible it didn't make any sense to me I would try to talk to her and be like no that, that's crazy you don't know what you're talking about um, but I also remember us pretending we were 101 Dalmatians and of course like we're little kids elementary school at this age but just being on our knees running or like all around my house barking were you patches? I, I think so actually because I had a stuffed animal of patches he was so my favorite one I picked uh, and I remember running, you know, my parents or my mom trying to talk to us, but what do y'all want to eat? And we're just barking at her. We won't respond. Um, <laughs> I remember that fondly too. <laughs> Molly was a huge animal lover. And I remember it so much too, because I remember in kindergarten, we were all in the same cafeteria. Miss Libby Pope, like Molly's like eating her dog or her food as if she was a dog where she's bending down, or, like eating it out of the tray in her mouth. And I remember the teacher saying, well, Molly, if you're going to act like that, put the food on the floor and eat, actually eat like a dog. So Molly puts her tray on the floor and starts eating that like that. Um, I also remember fondly of that summer or one of those summers. It's the first time I remember getting a spanking from my parents. Now, I'm sure I got one before, but the first time I actually remember was the one that stands out most in my mind where I rode my bicycle over to Molly's house, and she was going to ride hers back with me. So I kind of went to go pick her up to come back and hang out with the day at my house since my mom was home from school. And I took off flying back to my house. Molly came back. We got inside. We are both super excited. My mom like calls me into the other room, and she's like, you're in big trouble. And I'm like, what did I do? I didn't do anything. Well, evidently, she watched me out the window, and whenever I was coming back, I didn't look both ways. I just took off across the street. Oh, no. So my mom... Literally, Molly's in the next room, and my mom starts giving me a spanking in the next room. 
Now, I did not have a crush on Molly, but I still was super embarrassed that my great friend that's a girl was in the next room and I'm getting a spanking in this other room. But I also remember after that spanking, we were watching the Ninja Turtles movie, the very first one, uh, and we both were picking characters and just literally reenacting the entire movie as it's playing. And I remember I was Raphael, and all of a sudden in this movie, Raphael just gets in the middle of traffic and just screams at the top of his lungs the D word. So literally, seconds later, I scream at the top of my lungs the D word. Oh, no. My mom comes running into the room. Do it a day? Well, she comes running in the room, and that's the day that I found out that the D word was the D word, and I should not say said D word. Fair enough. And so that's something I remember always with them. Um, honestly, just there's so many memories. The Dinosaurs, the TV show that was on, like, TGIF. I watched it for the very first time at her house. Uh, just random old things. Her dad would take us to Imagination Station. And just growing up, we stayed best friends. Uh, on and off, she ended up moving to Georgia with her family after some uh, stuff around here. But um, I bring all that up because I really just can't think about a summer without her. Growing up, she was truly my best friend. And probably by the time that you all are listening to this, it'll be three weeks ago she passed away. Uh, she was found, she had just passed away in her sleep. And it's something horrible. Um, she lives, she was still living in Georgia. So I didn't get to go see her or say goodbye or anything. But um she also she did have uh, I think eleven year old daughter and a four year old son, so definitely praying for them and just her mom and everything else going on with them still. Um, but I you know if it's cool with y'all, I just kind of like to dedicate this episode to her to the memories with Molly. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it was definitely an awesome childhood, and she definitely put a huge part into it. And uh, yeah, that's just my biggest thing from summer. All right, Ricky, what's your uh, what's your third one? That's a tough one to ball. I guess my last one. Would be uh, it's kind of emotional too, like Kyle says his was. Um, is living in comparison. Mine was is, you know, I'm now a father of a 20 year old, so mine my last one was watching Sarah's summers, mm. seeing her grow up, seeing her do you know some of the things I did, some of the things I did not do, uh, the cartoons that you know we um, watched together. There were the Barney's episode, then there was the Kim Possibles and. Oh, uh, you know, naked little rat. I mean, call me, beat me. Yeah, if you want to reach me. Classic. Yeah, just classic. And I mean, and I was going through some CDs just the other night and found her Rugrats. Nice CD. Oh, yeah. Was so, she ever part of the Phineas and Ferb generation? No, nah, she caught the the the, the tail end tail of, that. of that one. I like Phineas and Ferb. Yeah, that that was you know, but she was a very big Kim Possible fan. So, mm-hmm. but just seeing you know, just seeing her grow in her summer, seeing her how excited she was. Mm-hmm. During the summer times, um, you know, seeing her, it's I got two weeks, I've got two days, I've got one day, uh, I get out tomorrow, yeah. and then see the the whole transition. I've got one week left, I got three days mm-hmm. left. I mean, just 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 seeing her, you know, um, what some twenty years, thirty thirty years difference between you know, you know where we're at now. I mean, and just seeing you know, just seeing her grown up, uh, moving out now. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's in college now. <laughs> But she, I mean, just seeing her, I mean, just seeing the transitions from, you know, baby, we, I, the McDonald trips. I mean, even mm-hmm. those were special during the summertime. And Parkwood Mall always had some kind of animal yes, uh, thing every year. So, we, I mean, I've got pictures of her holding a t- baby tiger. Nice. Uh, I think that's one of my, my favorite photos of her. Uh, I mean, and like I said, we didn't, you know, of course, we had the summertime uh, sports. And, we, you know, I followed her around and, and just lived vicariously through her, uh, her summers. All right, Eric. Top that. Okay. I, I, I can't. <laughs> I'm going to try that. I thought you were just like, all right, I'm confident. All right, let's do this. I had a lot of things, you know, like were, that were runner-up to what I 
and going to end up talking about it between Young Disciple Tours, mm-hmm. church camps, uh, mission trips, uh, especially the ones we've been on recently. Oh, yeah, we had some great. I had one good one that I went on. Yeah. Um, you going on like road trips with friends. Um, they were all like right here in reach, but there's nothing that could top what would be my favorite summer ever. Okay. And that would be the summer of my 27th year when I traveled to Swaziland in nice. Southern Africa. And to give you just a little bit background story, I had traveled to Swaziland the summer before as well. First time I'd ever been on a plane was on an 18-hour flight from Washington, D.C. to Johannesburg, South Africa. Uh, that's the way you break in your first time flying, mm-hmm. just by staying on that plane literally, you know, like three-fourths of a day. You're, you're a pro by the time you get finished. Oh, absolutely. And sore. And sore. <laughs> and uh, I went, it was it was a mission trip to uh, to Africa, and... I didn't really treat it with the importance and reverence that it deserved to begin with. Mm-hmm. I kind of had an ego about it. I tried to make the trip all about me. And midway through the trip, I kind of got a dose of reality and kind of realized, you know, I'm looking at all these people who were living in such poor conditions. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot on that trip. So the next summer when I had the opportunity to go with a different group, I jumped at it. And it was incredible. We flew out of Atlanta, and we actually had a, a, a stopover in uh, Senegal, and then we got to Joburg. I um, remember staying at the International Mission Board in uh, Johannesburg, which was literally two minutes from the airport, So, and then we drive another six hours to Swaziland the next day. So in all, it was really a 24-hour trip, 18 hours on a plane, and then six hours via vehicle yeah. to get to where we were going. I talked a lot about my experiences in Africa on the Lion King podcast in the archives, but just understand that the people I was with, first of all, I had never met these people before. Mm-hmm. I was literally going into this trip having met no one on this trip, never met them, and I immediately felt like a strong connection with them, yeah. immediately felt like I was with family. We get to our site, uh, we get to where we're staying. I meet more you know, people that we'll be working with during the two weeks we were there. And it teaches you a lot about how we should not really take a lot of things for granted. Um, how we are definitely in the top 1% of the world in how we live here in America. If you're listening to this podcast, you're likely listening to it on a phone or on a computer or something where you have internet access. That's not the case everywhere in the world. That's true. Um, it made me appreciate a lot of things. Uh, this trip happened to coincide with my 27th birthday, and the night before, I preached a revival uh, at a tent, and I remember my first time ever preaching in Africa. They tell me, if your translator talks a lot longer when you're done, it means you didn't preach long enough. Hmm. Well, I made sure I preached long enough that night, because I preached for about an hour, and uh, which was fine. That's what they're used to. Most churches. Um, most churches most, most churches would have been mad after like 20 minutes, but... Um, but they want the translator good or just good. They were awesome. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, they were pretty awesome. Uh, his name was Tokazani. We're still friends on Facebook. We've uh, Skyped at least once a year. Um, very good friend of mine. I, I, Tokazani, I don't know if you're able to listen to this, but man, I love you and I can't wait to talk to you and see you again soon. Um, and I remember the next night after I preached at revival was my birthday that morning. I woke up and traveled to a local high school to give a devotion um, woke up at like six in the morning to travel an hour and a half. It was just <coughs> me and another guy. Mm-hmm. And we went to go speak to these high school kids who 
were attentive like the entire time. And then that night, I had 200 Swazis in broken English singing happy birthday to me. That's awesome. And it's something that just sears my mind and um, just it, it's, it's stuck there forever. And I can close my eyes now and picture and hear the audio like it was just happening. And nothing will top that summer. Um, you know, that was six years ago. I, you know, six years ago today, I would have been in South Africa, in Johannesburg. We just uh, would have landed. And it's, um, it's the last time I've traveled internationally. It's the last time I've traveled to Africa. Six years ago, I hadn't been back, and I really want to go back um, to relive these memories because, like I said, it was the best summer ever. I'm, I'm just rambling at this point. So. No, but it's good stuff, though. That's I mean, awesome. Like, because for Ricky and I have been on some mission trips, mostly of them have been with you, and it's been local. Uh, and I say local as in within America, but it's awesome to see on that and to see, like, the emotion that you have. Like, that's one thing that kind of stinks about a podcast is you don't get to see the emotion that Eric's showing on his face right now, almost tearing up, you know, and just kind of just taking it all in. You can see the memories coming back as he's talking about it and just to show how important that really is. And I feel like, you know, we started off this podcast today, like being super excited and all three of us kind of have a little bit of an emotional ending. And that's part of a little bit stinks. You don't get to see our faces. You don't get to see the emotion, but I'm sure that, you know, it rings true with you guys too. You know, you probably have some summers from your life that really stand out and there's some huge highs and some ups. It's kind of emotional either because you miss them or it's just really a great time. And, uh, and I think that's cool. And I think that's important. Uh, to now I think we're going to go to our list. We had some of you guys tune in online, either on our Instagram or on our Facebook or Twitter, or even on our personal page <coughs> as well, to let us know some of your favorite summer memories. Uh, you want to kick that off, Eric? You want? I'll start with the first one I have listed here. Uh, Laura Daniels Davis says, Between family vacations, mission trips, and camps, it's hard to pick a favorite memory. But some of my favorite memories revolve around the Kinley Pool. I learned to swim there and spent nearly every day, day there for years. My other favorite memories are time spent with my cousins. I could fill a book with the shenanigans we got into, from 80s horror-themed sleepovers to late-night trips to Acid Park to just hanging out at each other's houses or the pool. My favorite summer memories revolve around those people in those places. I can't drive past the pool or down Richardson Bass Road without getting nostalgic and reminiscing. And that's really cool. I, I grew up with her cousins as well. Um, her cousin Josh is my age. And I remember uh, you know, spending time with him, going to sleepovers. We'd have horror-themed sleepovers uh, with him too. I remember watching the original It miniseries nice. at his house. Scared Jesus out of us um, to the point where I still haven't seen the remade It that came out last year. And I'm told I, I need to go ahead and see it because the, the second one's coming the out. The new one looks crazy scary. Yeah. So um, how about what, you go ahead and read the next one too, or at least the beginning, because it involves you. All right. So, so Chris Rhodes sent us like a ton. We love Chris Rowe. We love Chris. Maybe you know. we'll get another mic. And one of Chris my and Ricky will all come on. One of my favorite things about us doing this podcast is the chance to reconnect with Chris because yeah. a lot of my memories from high school and early college revolve around hanging out with Chris because we work together. I haven't seen Chris in a long time, and since we started doing this podcast, I've gone to a show with Chris. Yes. So like it's been a night with him. So it's been cool to do that. So uh, he says, Eric, remember when we were lifeguarding together, and I used to always sign up for the twelve to four shift, and we would you call it the Chris shift. Also, I used to bring Bojangles for lunch before every shift, and we used to play casino during every break. Um, and I do remember that, and I think I responded back to him. Uh, when he was going, we would call him. We didn't have really text messages right then. And I'll be like, hey, can you bring me this? Uh, and it's always four-piece Supreme dinner, french fries and a sweet yep. tea. And back then, we did it so often, I remember it cost $4.92. Not anymore. Definitely not anymore. 
Um, and I remember that like one summer um, after that, like it actually went down a penny. Hmm. It was four ninety one for a summer, which you're like, yeah, we saved like several pennies at this point. Thankful for Texas. Um, but I remember us playing Casino. I remember us playing a game that we would call Fruit Loops because the actual name of the game was called BS. Ah, and I remember said game. And we would not want to say that out loud because families and children, and it's just not appropriate to use that kind of language. So instead of saying BS, we'd say Fruit Loops, and uh, we'd have a lot of fun. We'd go to the movies afterwards. I mean, a lot of a lot of memories uh, with Chris at the pool. So that's uh, that's his first part of the memories he sent. What's uh, the next thing he asked for? The you? next part he says for me is we used to spend a lot of time at our friend Will Howard's house. There are summers that literally I probably spent more time at Will's house than I did my own house, especially as we graduated high school. I feel like I would spend weeks at Will's house where his mom would wash my clothes and we would get our clothes mixed up. Um, but we would do that. He said that him and Will got in so much mischief for what we all did. But he remembers one day that him and Will were waiting to get off, waiting for me to get off work. And Will really wanted to go eat with his sister. And I remember this because I heard all about it. He wanted to go visit his sister and eat this sandwich. Ricky was talking to me the other day about the sandwich. It's a sandwich that is it's made. It's a giant sandwich. And then they deep fried the entire sandwich. What did you say it was called? Monte Cristo. A Monte Cristo. Will talked like this is the best thing in the world. So evidently he convinced Chris because Chris got in the car with him and they drove to Wilmington to eat a sandwich like that with his sister and then drove back from Wilmington. Chris said that it was all in a span of about four hours that they got in the car, drove to Wilmington, ate a sandwich, and drove back to meet me after I got off work. Uh, another time, Chris says he remembers the time that me and him were taking Brandy Abrinchek, that was her name, her car, and hiding it at our friend Adam Hicks's house, which is next door to Will's house. Um, when she tried to go home, she couldn't find it, got all upset about it, and turns out it was just next door. Another thing was our friend Julie, it was Julie Dorman at the time, for some reason, I don't know, like, Julie expected better out of me. I don't know if it was because I was too goody-goody. But you any, were the moral compass. We would mess with Julie's car, and any time we did, if somebody else did it, she would get angry and, like, laugh it off. But for me, she would take it out on me. Uh, and so I remember this one time. We were at Will's house. Julie was there. Her car was out there. Uh, and I feel like, yeah, I wasn't even there. Yeah, I remember this now. I was reading Russ Chris's comments. He said, I wasn't even there. They literally took a push mower, stuck it in the back of her car. They piled everything possible that was around Will's house outside and shoved it into her little Pontiac Sunfire. It happens. She comes out and realizes everything in the world's in there. Literally, there is a mattress and an old Christmas tree laying on the top of her car. Oh, no. She comes out and screams at me. I was inside the entire time. I wasn't outside. Everybody else laughed because they knew... Anytime like some of this happened, I was the one that got blamed. So I got blamed for it, yelled about it. She said, you know, you probably at least knew about it. Uh, I remember getting in trouble with that. He also mentioned one other thing. This almost made my list is the topic of summer sleepovers. Uh, sleepovers are awesome, and you could do it on, you know, any random Friday night. There's something different about sleeping over on, like, a Tuesday night. Yes. Uh, just the fact that you could wake up and just have all the fun you wanted. We had a lot of epic sleepovers, especially at his house. I uh, said he remembers one year for a birth. It was his birthday, and his you know his is coming up as well. Uh, that we were all planning to sleep on his trampoline outside. He lived out in the country. It was really awesome, super awesome, starry nights. Well, me and Jay Pittman are the only ones that lasted on there. The rest of them ended up going out. You know, we're back in the house and sleeping in there. Well, at some point, Jay's bag was outside, and the cat, like Chris's cat, kept messing with his bag, and we kept yelling at it to shut up. Well, the next day, Jay goes home and finds a mouse's foot in his bag. Wow. Where the cat had killed a mouse on top of his bag and left the remnants in Jay's bag. Um, I'll jump ahead to his last one that concerns me. It says, Conwell, do you remember going to King's Dominion 
um, and eating on the way home. I remember riding in this because we went in his mom's Mustang GT that was convertible, and it was the only first convertible I'd ever ridden in. Um, and honestly, there's probably we, I could do an entire episode of trips and things revolving Chris and Michael Thompson, but especially at Will Howard's house. There were plenty of times that I was proven not to be too goody goody that I'm thankful that you know I did not get in trouble for. Uh, but there was a lot of awesome time spent with them, just late night trips, fun times running out. Um, and just like I said, just spending weeks at a time, just being bachelors, being dudes, just spending all this time together. Uh, then he jumps to you as well, Eric. One more. Uh, he says, do you remember the volleyball tournament we had at the summer pool where the final was you and Alan versus me and his dad, Ray? And I do remember. And I, if I remember correctly, and he may come back with a different answer, but I'm pretty sure me and Alan won it, but it was an epic final. I think we did like a best of three. And um, we had to win by two uh, points. And I think... Like we had to keep going back during the breaks um, because we were all lifeguarding at the time mm-hmm. to finish the match. Like we'd get in a few points here for fifteen minutes, and then we'd have to go back back to work. So it took like all day to do that. Sure. And uh, but I remember, I mean, we took our volleyball very seriously, and like we had several teams sign up, and it just turned out the final was me and Alan versus Chris and Ray, mm-hmm. and it was just an epic, epic time. Um, so yeah, good memories with Chris. Uh, we've got a few responses of Kevin Savigny who, uh, got, uh, the what the what page on its, uh, Twitter, uh, messages says, uh, annual 4th of July family reunion camping trip on his grandfather's man-made Island in the middle of the Greenbrier river in the mountains of West Virginia. So many members, we would drive down a two lane road, which led to a one lane road with gravel on the shoulders to pass oncoming traffic to, a gravel lane to the river where you weren't passing anything to the bridge that my family built up onto the island. Hot days and very cold nights in the tent, riding in the back of pickup trucks visiting Bear County or taking old horse and buggy trails through the river and over the mountains, looking down hundreds of feet to the river over cliffs, walking through the mountain in a train tunnel, wading through the river while fishing as the sun cut through the mist at dawn. Great memories with my grandparents, parents, aunt and uncle, and many, many cousins. He also mentions band camp. It defined a lot of the kind of person he was and set some framework for who he still is. Work ethic, musicianship, faith in my friends, and teamwork, just to highlight a few. And he also mentions his summer with his grandparents. Um, he said, it started with my brother was sick, and I would either spend extended time with my grandparents, either at their place or at my home. When I was little, I spent a lot of time with my grandmother. And I learned the importance of a daily routine. We got to sleep no later than 8 a.m. when she'd get you out of bed so she could make your bed or get me to make it as I got a little older. We spent the rest of the day doing the daily routine needed to keep everything running smoothly. So um, those are uh, some really good memories from Kevin Savini. What else do we have from people on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter? Uh, My friend Wendy Lane reached out on my Facebook and said that she remembers watching MTV, uh, especially in the 90s when they played music videos during the day. Um, and she said she remembers too, also just with the windows down, dancing along with friends and that, and then just riding bikes for hours with no worries. I feel like the MTV thing kind of goes along with, uh, what we had talked about the other week with, I was talking about spending time with Hunter and watching, you know, VH1 or MTV and watching music videos for the first time. I remember you would do that. You didn't have YouTube to have anything else. You literally would just sit around and watch TV all day to like to wait for that special moment when your favorite, you know, music video was played on the television. So I definitely that's something awesome that stands out to me too, especially as I got a little bit older. All right, so Jenny Barnum mentioned going on mission trips to Bolivia. That's in South America, not North Carolina. And the summer after 
she went to Campbell to Botswana, not Botswana, mm-hmm. as it's um, you know commonly referred to. So I always thought it was Botswana. Today I learned. I as well. And she said, but her favorite memory is during the summer before her senior year of high school, her grandparents took her on a trip out west through 22 states in around 28 days. That's insane. That's incredible. She said it was a trip of a lifetime. Uh, Her favorite part was seeing Arches National Park in Moab, Utah, where the opening scenes from Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade, were filmed. Amazing to see God's creation on display. That's on Erica's dream list of going to because Moab is known for like off-roading and Jeep trails and just everything like that. So one day she hopes to take her Jeep there. Uh, I think you should get a Jeep, Eric. You'll go. We just, you know, Eric, you know, Ricky was saying maybe you drive there because you have a longer summer. I'll take a week off, fly down, spend some great time there, jeeping up with you, and then fly back. I um. Jeeps are expensive, but I would love to do some traveling around the United States um, during my summer. I just don't want to do it alone. So uh, it's good to have a road trip buddy, um, someone to either drive when you're sleepy or to keep you awake. Or Scooby um, the dog. Yep, or Scooby the dog. Because he makes noises to keep you awake, All as you time. may hear on this podcast. All the time. Uh, well, who's our last one? I believe it's Miss Sandy Taylor. What does she have to say? Uh, she said that some of her favorite summer memories are having both boys and their families at Myrtle Beach with us. I uh, love having the grandkids with us at Myrtle Beach for a week. Um, thank you all for turning in, uh, family trips, I think is something that's important to all of us, just spending time with family. I know with Ricky was talking about that with Sarah and then even growing up with his family when he was younger. Um, just an awesome time. Uh, we thank you guys for tuning in. We thank you guys for contributing, reaching out to us on the social media platforms to let us know some of your favorite summer memories. Uh, what we got coming up next week, Mr. Creech? Uh, so next week's episode is going to be titled Back to School and it's going to be a school. special What Versus What. Yep. Where myself and Kyle are going to select three things, one movie, one TV show, and one song that represents something to do with school. And we're actually going to put this up as a poll on our Facebook page afterwards to see who you think won the what versus what. Nice. So we're actually to see you know, if there is a winner this time. We're so I'm, a I, I'm super excited for the Back to School episode, um, and I can't wait to see what you come up with for next week. Uh, we want to thank Ricky for, for being sure. a guest host on today's episode. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, producer Ricky does a lot behind the scenes. Uh, we actually record this at his house. And uh, so we're grateful that you were wanting to be on the show today. If you have not checked this out on social media, again, facebook.com slash whatthewhatmedia. WTW underscore media on Twitter, whatthewhatmedia on Instagram. Make sure you share our podcast. Uh, make sure you subscribe and like our post. And again, get in contact with us when we put our question of the week up and you may be featured on the podcast. Yeah, and let us know too. If you'd like producer Ricky to be on some more episodes every more often, let us know. Uh, and then also let us know with coming up next week what's some things that come to mind with you guys for back to school. What are some TV shows or movies or songs you guys think about when you think about going back to school? Uh Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Yep, so Keep being awesome. Pillow. We'll see you next time. What the what? Bye.